show my guest today uh is an expert in a lot of things he's certainly uh one of the most uh knowledgeable people of history and unfortunately it appears that history is being lost in translation with uh, our current state right now so i'm very excited to welcome back charles cole thank you for joining me sir thank you bell thanks for having me thank you now you have a new book out and i want you to tell people a little bit about uh your background and then we'll talk about your book because i'm very excited and uh, I want people to understand where we are in America, and I think you uh, have an excellent way of laying it out. So first and foremost, just tell people that might not have seen you before a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into this great new project you have. Okay, and I'll try to keep it relevant to the to the actual book, uh, why I wrote it, et cetera. I am, I guess, by education, training, experience, profession, et cetera, all over retired now. I'm, a, I'm an old Russian linguist. I did uh, the military trained me in Russian, and then I used it in a very variety of assignments in the military and then later. And part of one of those assignments was I spent six months with the old United States uh, Information Agency. We used to, we used to send uh, cultural exchange exhibits, they called them, behind the wire into the Soviet Union. And I uh, joined one of those in, well, a long time ago. And it uh, I was I was fortunate in the sense that being a Russian linguist, I got to uh, to speak to those people in their own language, in their own country, and I was there for six months, and I got to travel around a total of nine Soviet cities. So I saw quite a bit and reconfirmed what my old Russian teachers had taught me about the wonders of communism. After that, uh, I went back to the same military uh, facility where I'd learned the language, and I hired as a teacher, and I taught Russian for, oh gosh, until I retired, decades. Right. That time also gave me uh, the opportunity to again confirm and reconfirm and re re reconfirm, corroborate everything that I had learned and seen on my own eyes and on the ground with uh, dozens and dozens of former Soviet emigres uh, that I worked with, and they corroborated virtually everything that I had seen. So that is a background leading into this book. I wrote one, uh, oh, I think about seven or eight years ago uh, that that shared with the reader what I had seen on the ground, et cetera. But it was time to update that because even though I saw the early signs of it then in 2016 right. with the great Obama, I didn't, I, I really didn't, I I was hopeful that the Trump years would, would put an end to all that. But then again, uh, ju just look what's happened. So what I try to do in this book is go back through and, and basically outline what I've studied, what I've learned, what I've seen, what I've lived through, with people because it, it's kind of a unique perspective on it. Yes. And what I try to do here is, you know, I'm, I'm hardly a prophet, but as uh, the good Lord told old Ezekiel, he said, listen, you, you got a job here. If you know these things, you better warn people because uh, you know, if they get slaughtered and you don't tell them, then part of it's on you too. So I decided to go ahead and write it. And uh, I had two goals in mind, really the documentation of this stuff. I don't want I don't want this this malaligned Howard Zinn nonsense history to continue unabated and unchallenged. It's nonsense. And the second one was I wanted to share with people real documentation so they could see maybe what I saw. And and the the thesis is I've seen the end of this movie. You don't want to live that way. Right. But that that was the that was the reason that I wrote it. It was not a pleasant book to write. Uh, I had to write things that I that I never thought I would have to say. But here we are. And it's time for people to now say, all right, 
uh, you know, all the all the other stuff is is done with now. It's as Ronald Reagan said, it's a time for choosing. It yeah. really is. Exactly. I I've read that uh that time for choosing. Uh, that's interesting. You bring that up because in that he's talking about kind of the same thing. He talks about totalitarianism in that. And and a, a couple other things there. Your unique perspective. When I first had you on, I was it was it was right in the beginning of the NATO, uh, UN, uh, US, Ukraine, Russia, back and forth. And it was just, I I looked for an expert in Russia, and you came on and you talked about it. And you everything that you said then came to pass. And then I I'm thinking like. What I'm watching here is a or or Yuri Bezmenov's uh, whole interview with G. Edward Griffin. You're looking at it, and I'm thinking there are people out here, out there, including you, who have been saying this is how this happens, and now it's happening in real time. And like you said, there aren't enough people like you out there also putting all of that into re-educating, not in the bad way, but in the way that we haven't been educated. So. Your new book is called American in Name Only. And it's funny, I had on somebody else that started calling um, a lot of the, this globalist movement in our country that because I the one thing I do know for sure, having traveled all over this country, is most people, regardless of left or right, Republican and Democrat, which is all an illusion at this point, believe that something is terribly wrong in this country. And they don't know what it is. They don't know how to put their finger on it. Or a lot of them are, they, they're in, there's been such a, and you'll talk about it, such a demoralization and normalization campaign going on of that, which is not either. And people are just on edge and I, they want that. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, where you, you think we are going into this 2024, because I, I, the whole world is looking at America kind of thinking, what is going on? Why why aren't the American people doing anything? And, and you know from firsthand, especially when I have on people that have escaped communism, they're out there yelling at the top of their lungs like, American people, wake up. So let's talk a little bit about where we are in your opinion and you know what we should be doing about it. Well, I think it'd be helpful to start out with uh, with a couple of bases that I worked from first first uh you have to when you're looking at this uh you have to look at this this phenomenon that we're saying you have to start somewhere in history now we could go to the Garden of Eden it would be a rather large book or you could go to I mean but King Solomon said what almost 3,000 years ago there's nothing new under the sun but you have to start somewhere and I decided to start with uh 1789-1790 because at that time what happened was in two societies the British colonies here and in France, two major societal upheavals happened. Uh, and they ended up creating two very divergent paths for people to, to govern a country or society. Uh, we know about our path. Too few people understand that what really happened in France was the, was the first outbreak in the modern era, 200 years, but relatively modern era, of what Alexander Solzhenitsyn called a, a societal disease. Now, he limited it to <clears throat> communism. I expand that a little bit because uh, it's interesting. I, I use a term in this book called utopian <clears throat> collectivists. And I think that really everything comes under that umbrella. Whether you want to talk about the original Jacobins, <clears throat> or excuse me, or you want to talk about what happened later with Marx in the 1840s or Lenin in 1917 or Hitler in the 30s and then uh, Mao and then Castro, 
all of them are what I what I describe as they're variants of the same societal disease. Uh, sort of like we had Omicron and Delta and all this other stuff. Well, th they do, though, have have certain things in common. So I kind of invented a term and I call it societal fingerprints. My theory is that each individual has fingerprints and that's the way criminologists determine, you know, if your fingerprints happen to be on the murder on a murder weapon and you pass, you know, you have a paraffin test and it's positive and they identify that ballistically as the weapon, guess what? You're probably the dude. So <clears throat> societies I have described here also leave what I call societal fingerprints. And as you look at them, as I, as I do in this book, I go through the book and I compare those with things that we're seeing here today, now. And we're looking for a match, just like the criminologist looks for the match in the fingerprints. So I think that that's the thesis early of the book is that, as I think it was Thomas Sowell said, he said something like, all the, the nonsense that you see in vogue today, none of it is a bit new. It's all been tried before in various places, various times, and it's always produced misery, chaos, and death. Yeah. And Unfortunately, I, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I I get called uh, pretty regularly to work with some uh, homeschool kids around here, wonderful kids. Uh, and I feel blessed in the sense that uh, with this kind of information in this book, I'm able to provide them with something they'll never get in public schools. Never. Go yeah. to public schools and you're going to get Howard Zinn. You're going to get 1619 Project. You're going to get CRT. And it's all complete bogus nonsense. Yeah. And yet... Look what's happened. So what I do is I try to trace these. I start out in the book uh, with a chapter calling Tracing Society's Roots. And I go back and I and I try to, to link this to, okay, look what happened then. Look what's happening in a variety of places. The yeah. book, by the way, I don't scare people. It's a history book, but it's 127 pages. I hate long books. Hate them. Oh, good for you. So That's a lot to put to make, into one book with your knowledge. I tried to make this as... Reader friendly as I could. Good. But these roots, when you trace them back, you can see that it it it's almost like looking at an MRI, <laughs> you know, a societal MRI. Wow. Hey, look, folks, look at this image up here. We've seen this disease, but just you you want to be aware of this. Take a look. So I start with that, and then I go through. Uh, it was interesting. I did an interview the other day, and all of a sudden it came to me that. The various chapters of the book, and they're all very short. There's about six pages in each chapter. Oh wow, great! They, they, they add up to almost like a checklist. If you were, you know, like Paul Harvey said in 1965, "If I were the devil," I think. Exactly. Well, you look at the you look at the checklist by chapter by chapter. You know, with the lies of propaganda, the media, the the twisting of science, the destruction of the of the legal system, the fourth branch of government. I have a chapter on that about the deep state and all these unelected. Dudes. Yeah. Uh, and a chapter on fear. It's all fear is the glue that holds it all together. And it's almost like a checklist. Check, check, check. And I was shocked to see how many boxes are already checked. So that's kind of a very long answer to your question of where we stand. I don't know. Medically, maybe we're uh, in stage three, headed for stage four. If this doesn't get. But my main purpose in this is, well, dual purpose. Uh, I, when I was in Germany in the military in the late 60s, I remember meeting Germans who uh, who would tell me stuff like, well, you know, Hitler didn't have a bin. And I thought to myself, okay. And the more I learned about that, the more I realized that, wait, wait a minute. Uh, there was a, 
There was a rather famous book in Germany called Mein Kampf, written by Adolf Hitler, and that book was mandatory. You had to have a copy of that in your house or your apartment. And if the Gestapo found out that you didn't, they would come back one day later and say, where is it? Get it now. So if they didn't know, it's almost like they didn't want to know or they were afraid uh, to say anything about it. We have a chapter in here called Excusing Ignorance. And that's what, unfortunately, that's what we've done. Uh, even the best of us who who just, you know, kind of want to go along with our lives, et cetera, in a normal fashion. We have baseball games, football stuff, sports, you know, they have all this stuff, picnics, barbecues. That's all great. But it can't be at the expense of a knowledge of civic and history because that's the primary, primary responsibility of citizenship in a constitutional republic. Right. And that's what I try to that's what I try to provide them the information so that so that it can be shared around, especially with the younger people, because they don't get to suppose. No. And the um, and also it's it's this personal responsibility for this nation and how lucky we are to be citizens of the United States to have been born here or to be have come here and 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 you know, become a citizen and be and be proud of this nation and, and what it stands for and our constitution and, and all of that. Um, what it does seem is to me that uh, our country has been captured uh, on a certain level um, and no left and right, no Republican and Democrat. That whole thing is not functioning in any way that resembles anything that that, you know, our grandparents thought were real. Um, it does appear that there is, though, a billionaire globalist oligarchy. Uh, that's what I call them, that has usurped our nation from the local to the state, to the to the governmental level. And you brought up uh, the fourth branch. So we have all these NGOs and and. Every time I follow the money, it is the same global billionaires that have these that fund these NGOs that are doing the dirty work. Or you go to this public private partnership of the banks and the corporations coming down on people. And it appears to me at this point in our country, the government, be it local, state or not or federal, has very little power. And, and so we're all still thinking or a lot of people out there that aren't you and me and people that are, are really digging into this are still thinking that things are pretty much, this is just another cycle in America, that this is just going forward. Uh, it's just, this too shall pass. But the, I do not believe that that's where we are right now. And and when I look at it, I don't know if you came across this, and people are probably sick of me saying it, but I believe that this whole Agenda 2030, Sustainable Development Goals, Global Citizenship, Global Citizens, all of this stuff is communist is, is is global communism and people and they invert the language like you talk about too and it's it's so obvious to me that we are in a struggle for what this what the future of America will be and when i look at that struggle i say either you're choosing to have this billionaire globalist oligarchy kind of technocracy track and trace surveillance like gulag or you're going to choose freedom and, and that's where I see, like, so people want to talk Trump or Biden. I, I don't even see it that way at all. I don't even see them. I see two fundamental ways we go at this point. Uh, what is your take on on that, on the global aspect of this? Because this is not an American problem right now, in my opinion. This is a global problem. Well, that's why I do mention in the book that these, these two uh, divergent paths, um, because if you look at most of the societies, they in one to one degree or another they've chosen one or two of those paths yeah yep. uh the the left here and i'll use the term left and right but i point out in the book 
that's an example of what the left has has always done from the days of the Jacobins forward. Uh, they put out these postulations, uh, improper, improperly understood concepts, and then all of a sudden you turn around on there and, and this mythology has become accepted as fact. The whole left-right thing, if you look at where it came from, it, it generates back, germinates back to France in 1790, the time of the revolution, and it was from the from the viewpoint in the National Assembly of the speaker of that body. He looked to his far left and he saw the Jacobins. He looked to his far right and he saw the conservative, monarchist, reasonable, law-abiding people. Okay, well, you fast forward. And then about 100 years ago, uh, some activist historians needed to find a way to uh, juxtapose Stalin on one side of a, of, a, of a horizontal continuum and Hitler on the other side. So that's when they decided, okay, Stalin is left, Hitler is right. That's why today's left calls us right wing because in the common mythology, that means we're Adolf Hitler. No, I don't mind being called right in the, in the original sense of it right. because I am a constitutionalist. I believe in law and order and rational processes. So. That's another myth that has to be dispelled because people, people have have taken all this stuff for granted for so long. I point out in this chapter on excusing ignorance, uh, th there there have been sources. You mentioned Bismanov, who was a good one. I listened to those interviews, uh, and he was spot on. The man. Notice what he said forty years ago. He said. When it reaches a certain point, I can take these people to the Soviet Union and show them a prison, a labor camp, and they won't believe it. Right. That's where we are with the left today. Joe Biden, perfect example. He's going to go out today to get to uh, Valley Forge, and he's yeah. going to start this, to launch this effort to say, we need to save democracy from uh, the extreme right-wing MAGA Republicans. Okay. Well, first of all, the idea that you're supposed to take from that Hollywood-produced nonsense is that exactly. Joe Biden is George Washington. The second thing is they're projecting onto us, and this is I discussed this in the book. One of the things they've used for well over 200 years is projection. In other words, like Rush Limbaugh used to say, they will come up with ways to take what they are doing, have done, or plan on doing, and project it onto you. For example. Saving one one lunatic I was watching yesterday on a on a Newsmax show. They had to have one lunatic on there, and this guy says, "Well, you know, Joe Biden is just trying to point out that we need to make sure that I, we have integrity in our elections." I thought that's coming from you. Right. That's sort of like that's sort of like Adolf Hitler. Uh, no, uh, that's that's sort of like Adolf Eichmann. Yes. Uh, going out on a campaign and call it "Let's Save Judaism." Stop it! They were the very ones who perverted the whole process. Now they're going to save us? What from themselves? Please. Though so this is all, this is all so evident. If people will just step back, look at the facts, evidence, put it together rationally. There's only one conclusion that you can come to, and I, I say this in the book. I said this cannot be coincidental. You mentioned all the global finances, et cetera. We have a we have a perfect example of that in in this country. Look what George Soros has been able to do with the district attorneys that he. And I'll give the devil his due. 
he looked around and, and probably said, okay, how can I cause the max damage for, you know, the biggest buck bang for my buck? He found that in so many places, elections for district attorney, ah, who cares? they don't even know the candidates that are running. So he pumped his money in behind these lunatics that we see now. Uh, I have a chapter called question mark at the end of it in purpose. Equal justice under law? What? And you notice what they're doing. They are totally turning everything on the upside down to make sure that they are promulgating chaos. That's one of the things that has to be a precursor. They will create a chaotic situation, then they will rush forward, as Adolf Hitler did, and said, I can save you from this. We can solve your problems. The problems that they themselves have caused. Some people sit there and they say, when is Joe Biden going to do something about the border? Hello? He already has. Everything you see there was created by him by executive order. And now he comes out and says, well, it's the Congress's fault because they give me this these billion dollars that I want to hire more people. Hire more people, and you send them down there, and you have them do do what? They're they're like gate guards. They're like uh, babysitters for these yeah. people, directing them on the bus to get on to go to which American city? It's total lunacy. It's time that people step back in. Mel K here. Looks like X is going to be the front lines for the battle for 2024. So I am back on X. See me at the Mel K Show, at Mel K Show, at Mel K Show. And I will see you at X on the front lines as we march into 2024 and turn this country around. See you at Mel K Show. it's chaos too like you're saying you know it's funny i was looking for right now you're saying something and it reminds me um there's actually it's it's very because a lot of people you know will say i, I was on a with a big it's weird these people that are very big influencers you know on the right that have giant millions of followers and all that they never seem to say like what we're saying which is so clearly obvious and it, it's it's just i don't know why i mean I, I have my ideas but um you know there was uh there was the, the they always say there is no they. Do you ever hear people say like, well, there is no they. It's not organized. And I'm like, did you live through the pandemic? How was that not organized? Do you not know that, you know, they just had a big event at the White House celebrating halfway mark to Agenda 2030. And every single thing they're talking about is a development goal for globalism. And they're putting trillions of dollars into global funds of our money and nothing into America. And oh, there is no they, or or people still believe if you say, um, especially the UN and the World Economic Forum, they they in their on their own websites, they talk about global governance and they say flat out that they they're done with nation states. And they're done with nation states. Nation states don't work. You got to send all your money for for climate, IPCC or who or whatever, to these global billionaire oligarchs. They're in our country. You mentioned Soros is one of many. They they run these NGOs, and then they're they're in bed with these multinational corporate public private partnerships, and they have to totally usurped the government. And and let alone we the people have no representative government right now because. And then we have Antifa saying that they're against fascism. Well, that is what how we're functioning. So when people say there is no they, what is your answer to them? Well, the, you have to look at who it is that is saying there is no they. It's the idea that they will take 
One of their tactics that I describe in the book is they will they will use standard slogans and mantras to uh, to hide what it is that they're really about. You you cannot take those things on face value. You have to look and say, okay, what do they mean by that? Well, they mean by that that one of their goals is inclusivity, except where it comes to people such as yourself. Hey, ah, our side. No, no. Then, oh, that's different. Right. For for them, we are they, and the the they that they that they curse all the time. I saw a recent uh, clip from Biden's campaign, such as it was in 2020, um, where he was saying, "Well, you know, we need to, well." Donald Trump was a divider. I'm a igniter. We need to unite. Unite, unite. Now, that was the theme. And then you look at what he has done. He has divided, continued to abide. I still believe, maybe I'm a conspiracy nut, but I, I see a lot of Obamaism in every single oh, thing that the Biden administration so-called has done. So uh, well, the, it's a lot the, of the not, same people. Like, let's remember <laughs> that it basically they all went to West Exec and they all came back in. So Avril Haines, you know, uh, Blinken, Sullivan, Newland. Samantha Power running the the money bags over at USAID. You know, you got you got Susan Rice. We don't know where she is right now, which is terrifying to me. And and you got all these Rhodes Scholars and then all these trilateral commission people. It's like, no, idiot. And then people say, oh, oh, it's conspiracy theory that Obama's behind the scenes. I'm like, well, I remember him saying that he'd like to run the country from his basement and have an earpiece. And I'm pretty sure that's what we're dealing with. I mean, you know. And always remember, as I try to point out here in this book, re- remember, when you see people like that say certain things, we are very fortunate in that we have very large video libraries we can consult. <laughs> I found one not long ago where Obama was standing there in 2005, 2005, and he was saying, there's absolutely no excuse for letting these people, letting foreigners just walk into our country. Instead of it. And I thought, okay, fast forward. And it's exactly what he tried to do with DACA, and he's still doing it through the auspices of the of the Biden administration. So, the the whole idea of I mean, if, and if, and if you listen to these, I mean, uh, the the pattern has always been the same. The overall pattern, and again, I call them collectivists because uh, not all collectivists are are not all com- not all collectivists are communists, but all communists are collectivists, right. just as are the socialists and the fascists and the Maoist, you name it. But notice, here's some features that I find in the book that they have in common. They make utopian promises. Oh, everything is going to be wonderful under us. But they never deliver on it. They, the collective is always superior to the individual, the little cogs that make it up. Right. And people are always compelled to support the regime, never convinced to do so. You mentioned the, the pandemic, etc. I have a chapter called Follow the science? Question mark. In which I, exactly. I document some of these things and say, "You, you got to be kidding me!" This and again, from a historical standpoint, just one quick example. Um, most people wouldn't recognize this term, but there was a there was something called the Piltdown Man. It happened in Great Britain. Uh, oh, I think early in the 20th century, where uh, Charles Darwin tried his best to find. The missing link, you know, the jump oh, yeah. between the city and the well, they never could find it. So all of a sudden, this guy in Piltdown, England, he comes up with this skull and he says, "Here it is. I've got the missing link." Okay. Fast forward, 
And there were, by the way, there were hundreds of doctoral dissertations written on the Piltdown Man, except that several years later, it was determined by scientific analysis that it was a total fraud, total phony. They had taken a human cranium and basically glued it to a to a, an orangutan's uh, jaw. So this is there's nothing new here. Stalin did it. Hitler did it. All, yeah. all of them have done this. They've and notice under the term of science. Many times, if you, I remember in 2012, when well, Mitt Romney uh, was campaigning, sort of for president. Right, exactly. I remember though one scene where this mother brought her little eight or ten year old kid up to see Mitt Romney, and she stepped back and said, "Ask him why he doesn't believe in science." So they have sold themselves as the people of science. Okay, until it comes to you, start asking them. By the way, this whole human-induced global climate right. change theory, can you provide some hard atmospheric scientific data? Zero. Uh, I don't want to throw issues like abortion into the mix, but if you're going to talk science, let's talk about four-dimensional four sonogram technology and what it shows. Because their position has been all along, that's just a glob of tissue in there. And they what do they describe it as? Woman's choice? Women's health care. Right, I know. Well, in Nazi Germany, they used exterminatory eugenics and they called it racial hygiene. So be careful, people, be careful about these terms that you see them slinging around. Right. Save our democracy, please. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so upside down. I'm so glad you're saying this because I, I do a lot of shows trying to follow the money, but I also go through those 17 sustainable development goals and I've pulled them out and kind of explained how that it's so inverted and that in order to make any of those goals real, it has to be a global governance and it, it requires a huge transfer of wealth. And what you're talking about with the science is very important for people to understand too, because that is all based on computer models that people put in with all these unknowns not included in it to have a specific outcome. And they're all funded by that same globalist billionaire oligarchy. If you follow the money, you're going to find that they are putting that in. So the entire limits of growth, Club of Rome, and again, we can, uh, it's a whole nother show going into all those people mm -hmm. that have been around for a long time. But you know, it's funny you say this because I recently was, um, I, I have a friend that has a show and he always says, like, let's make a 1984 fiction again, because there's a, a part in 1984 where they're talking about um, he's explaining to um, Winston, he's explaining uh, what the party is about now. And when I say they, this is how I feel like they are, they they function right now. It says the party seeks power entirely for its own sake. We are not interested in the good of others. We are interested solely in power, pure power. What pure power means, you will understand presently. We are different from the oligarchs of the past in that we know what we are doing. All the others, even those who resembled ourselves, were cowards and hypocrites. The German Nazis and the Russian communists came close to us in their methods, but they never had the courage to recognize their own motives. They pretended, perhaps, and even believed that they had seized power unwillingly and for a limited time. We don't, we don't intend to ever relinquish power. And when you read that, and then you think of the they, and then you think of the agenda 2030, and that they have a 50 <laughs> to that, and that you know they had a big event in September 
not only did the Biden-Harris regime celebrate it on the White House website, and, and again, Obama signed on to Agenda 2030, commitment to the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, to have the U.S. be the leaders in it, and all of that money goes to global funds, nothing back into America. So he, Obama signs a summit in 2015. If you look at almost everything that they've done, and then Trump you know, pulled apart a lot of it, Biden comes in, 30 executive orders go straight in, then in September, they have this halfway to um, Agenda 2030 event in New York City where they're pulling in. Now, the Clinton Global Initiative shows up on stage with the UN and the World Bank and the IMF and the World Economic Forum. They have a big sky show on the above the carcass that is New York City, and they're cheering it on. And then they put it on the website and they list all the 17 development goals and what America is going to donate, uh, put into it, about $3 trillion. And people still say... There is no they. And so I read <laughs> that from 1984 and I say, uh, they don't hide it. <laughs> I understand. That's a point that I make in the book now, too. <clears throat> in fact, I quote George Orwell a few times in this okay. book because I was just prescient to what he wrote. Uh, the, uh, the interesting thing about, by the way, what you just mentioned, they already have trillions, trillions of dollars. We have a 33 headed for $50 trillion debt. They have Lord knows how much squirreled where in whose accounts. Um, but it's interesting that, uh, again, back to the they, uh, it has always been, always, uh, their, their goal is the acquisition and maintenance forever of power. They don't care about anything else. All you need to do is look at, speaking of the fourth branch of government, look, Look at these uh, look at these officials that go before Congress, raise their right hand, swear under oath. Mayorkas is the greatest example when he says under oath, is the border secure? Yes. And of course, then the, some of the Republican guys uh, they'll put up uh, these these videos on the wall showing hundreds of thousands of people just walking into the United States. And that's by their definition, you see, that's a secure border. No problem. Because it facilitates one of their goals. Joseph right. uh, Goebbels in Germany was very, very famous at doing that. He, he was the master of projection and deception. I have a whole chapter here called Lies, Propaganda, and Deception. Because the deception has gone so far that there are people in this country who simply cannot see. They cannot differentiate, uh, as Ayn Rand pointed out, if you can't differentiate truth from fiction, false from lie, then you're you're just doomed. And so yeah. people got to, to finally realize there is such a thing as the truth. To search it out, you may have to go eight entire screens down on Google to find it. Exactly. But it's there. It's, so it's there. <laughs> it's there. And, and, and yeah. we now have a duty to find it and to share it with others because I'll, I'll say again, I've seen the end of this movie, and it is a horrible one. I will never forget. People ask me, and I, I use certain examples of this in the book, my personal examples. And I remember I remember when I got back from the Soviet Union, oh, it was a year or so was, uh, later, and somebody said, oh, talking about that trip you were on, what do, you, what, what do you remember most about it? And I thought for a few minutes, and I said, you know, it's strange. The thing I remember most about it was speaking to all these, these Russians. Uh, in person, I remember the fear in their eyes, the, and 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 that fear never really goes away. 
it, it's something that's a, that's the glue that holds it all together. And if you look at what they're doing now, okay, I mean, you take look what they've done to Trump in courts now. Uh, the judiciary has obviously been totally corrupted. It has no you know rule of law. Stop it. That's one of those antiquated things from that stupid old piece of right. Exactly. They will do. They will say and they will do anything necessary to achieve their goal of acquisition and maintenance of power. And Trump is only the latest example of it. I mean, we can go back. Look at those poor folks in the January 6th. In, in the Gulag. I know. I was going to bring that up because that's Just look what, at those what you're saying right now. To, uh, also, there's a rent said uh, that it wasn't the committed uh, Nazis or the convinced communists that were the problem in Germany. It was the apathetic Germans. And what's very scary right now is that not only myself, but I know I've had on 20 January 6th defendants and, and lawyers, but I, I also am friends with General Flynn uh, and with uh, Peter Navarro, Roger Stone, uh, Bannon, all Billy these people. Kelly. Yeah. yeah, all these lawyers, Steve, uh, mm -hmm. Steve Baker right now, he's waiting for for his door to be, be knocked on and, and living in fear for the last three years for real. And not just not just me and the people that I know. I'm talking about there are there are still I, I heard 700 warrants that they want to serve still from January 6th. And I know many people that did not go in the Capitol were not violent at all. That had their doors kicked in in front of their whole neighborhoods and their whole families all over this country. I've had on um, Kyle Serafin and Steve Friend from the FBI whistleblowers that came and said. You know, they were taking them off of child trafficking cases. They were taking them off of, of corruption cases and going around the country to find January 6 people. So what you're talking about, people are living in fear. And, you know, I had on somebody that's, you know, not necessarily aligned with me totally the other day. But we were talking about how the, the saddest part about the January 6 is that it worked to the certain extent that at this point, we're being lied to about the majority. I feel that most people in America, you know, we go all over. I have yet to meet somebody that doesn't know something is terribly, terribly wrong in this country and that our government is definitely not running this country. <laughs> and the problem is that back in the day with Vietnam, say, or even Iraq, even Iraq, you're going to get 500,000 people to go march in the streets to tell the government to redress our grievances. I believe since January 6, people are too scared to do that. And um, they're scared of the agent of provocateurs or this and that. But I believe that if there was um, a breakthrough that people would come together regardless of, of their what they think they are, left, right, whatever. But I think in terms of um, standing together against a government that seems fully a uniparty, totally corrupt, and they're not. And do you think that that is is a real problem because uh, to me january 6 worked and i think that's terrible givaderm is a luxurious toxin-free skincare that actually works not only do we take the toxins out we put the most powerful nutrients in all of our products are an effective way to detoxify replenish and protect your skin our toxin-free natural ingredients provide real results without compromising your skin's health Unlock the secret to beautiful, healthy skin using this synergistic skincare system. It's never too late or too early to begin living a more beautiful life with Givaderm. Natural, healthy skin.
skin. Head over to the MelKShow.com partners page and get a 10% discount now. Oh, it's most assuredly a problem. And as you say, uh, they can fill the streets with the, the most recent example of how totally ridiculous uh, they can get. There was a uh, this uh, pro-Palestinian demonstration in New York, I think a huge one. And there, there were some of these fellows carrying signs that said, um, gays and, and bisexuals and lesbians for Palestine. And I think it was Andrew Wilkow or somebody mentioned it already. They said, okay, why don't you take those signs and go over to Palestine, go over to Gaza and march around there and, and see, see the reception that you get. And this has been a problem for a long, long time. The left is able to mobilize these huge forces. What they did in 2020 with Antifa and all those. Oh, yeah. And, and as I point out in this chapter under Justice and the Law, those were those were those were attempts at insurrection in Portland, Oregon. They tried to burn down a federal courthouse. Yeah. And so in Washington, they DC, had Chaz. They had a whole the they had a whole lawless place. Chaz, remember in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. And how many people have been tried for any of those things? And yet somebody who walked harmlessly through the Capitol encouraged to go in there, I suspect, by various people, and they're treated as enemies of the people. That's what we're talking about here. They have become the scapegoats, the first scapegoat. I say the first scapegoat because notice how these regimes work. They will identify uh, certain people or classes or groups as suspect, first of all. And then from suspect, they go to dangerous. Right. Once they go to dangerous, then they're authorized to prevent. I mean, I've heard journalists say things like, well, we think Adolf, we do, we think uh, Donald Trump is Adolf Hitler. And he said, and so what would you do to keep Adolf Hitler? I mean, so they justify all of this by their ideology. And if so much of it is ideological, and all the money and all the rest of that, those are those are things that emanate from. But the main cause, the root cause, is this disease that, that is now metastasizing. Um, I don't know. The only the only good news I've seen lately is coming out of Holland and Argentina. As far as you know, people who finally have had enough and they just say, "That's enough. Get out. We're not going to buy that anymore." And until we reach that moment, but again, my book just tries to give people the ammunition to say, "No, no, no, no." It, look, this, it, regardless of what you say, always compare what they say to what they do. And if you just follow that rule, generally you will find that what they say uh, has absolutely zero relationship to what they're actually doing. The yeah. border is secure? Please. The economy is fine? Great. Oh, yeah, sure it is. It is if you're a multi-billionaire and all you're making money in the stock market hand over fist. But how about if you're Joe Noakes or Jane Doe and you're trying to put food on your on your table? It's not so, not so good. No. And you never. And you brought and, and up Goebbels before. And in the hardest part for people like us, I think for most people, and this is you brought up what Ayn Rand said, too, about believing nothing and everything at the same time. Uh, the truth is that we have this KJP and some of these other people that they, they just lie with such with like I keep saying they're lying. They know that we know that they're lying. We know that they know that we know that they're lying and they continue to lie. I mean, Kirby, all of them, they get they get up there. They say things we're going to it's going to be a barrage. I just saw um I say Barack Obama. I call him O Biden. I just saw O Biden's first um uh, campaign ad. I mean, this is like I mean, talk about it. But here, here's the scary part, too, because 
I think your book's most important also because you knew you not only went to Russia when it was full communist and all of that, but you've talked to so many people and then you taught Russian to military level people, to people that have to be diplomats. This is a very different thing. So for me right now, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll end on some solutions and what people can do, but this is important because of your background and my question. And I haven't really talked to anyone about this that would know like you do. What it seems to me that the, the the goal is in 2024, looking at the 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 what they're putting out as the first ad for Biden and knowing that he's doing this is like Valley Forge speech. And then I, I've gotten a lot of information that February, March, the same people that funded Black Lives Matter and all of that have a um, a plan, you know, these these NGOs for the illegals to demand citizenship, that there's probably going to be some kind of color revolutionary type uprising like that. Um, there's a whole thing with the guns and the violence and the mobs all over. And, you know, people now are being followed home from like grocery stores and suburbs and having their houses. So I think they're going to try to create such chaos. And what, what scares me is that we do have people in America that are, are talking about a national divorce or, or some states seceding or any of that. And to me, that's kind of like, uh, the model, because when you kind of look at what happened after the USSR, and how fell and how the, all these places were divided by these oligarch billionaires by however they wanted. And then it was kind of easier to control them. I feel like anyone that's talking about that is, is, is walking a very dangerous line. I feel like if there was ever such a thing, and I know they have a movie coming out, Hollywood's full in Goebbels. I mean, the people raising money for uh, Joe Biden include like Katzenberg and Spielberg and Geffen. I mean, they are doing wag the dog. This whole year is going to be propaganda off the charts and it'll go totally into like frequency and crazy stuff. So we have to be very smart. But anyone that's talking about dividing the country into pieces is doesn't realize that that's what they want, in my opinion. It would give them the opportunity then, then if that were to happen, there was some talk about Texas wanting to secede at one point in time. <clears throat> I can understand the sentiment. When, yeah. I mean, I live here. In, I live in Wyoming. <laughs> there, there are not a lot. Of, although we have a rhino problem here as well, right? Uh, but there are not a lot of of at least vocal left wing lunatics here, and life is pretty normal here. It's one of the problems we have in Wyoming. Just to say, it's not necessarily always going to be this way. You better 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 wake up, but. As far as separating it, you're right. They, they, they would like that because then it would often, then you would see them turn on a dime and they would become the greatest constitution de uh, defenders you've ever seen. And they'll say, wait a minute, we fought a civil war over that. And, and by golly, we can't do that. So under, unfortunately, that would be the danger in doing that. And then, of course, in come the, the black ops folks, the military, the, right. the police, et cetera. But, I think what people need to really beware of is if you succumb to the fear factor, then just realize that's exactly what they want you to do. I was really encouraged to see some videos coming out of that jail in January in the in the, in the DC jail, where every night these prisoners, these 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 detainees, as they call them, the political prisoners. Yep. They get up, they lay hands, and they sing the national anthem. And you know what? That's, that should inspire every single American to say, now that's the kind of American I want to be. Yeah. But again, my book is simply a, a way to document what has happened, how it happened, 
signs to watch for, what to look for, just so you, because unfortunately we have two full generations now of Americans, you young people, who have been indoctrinated to believe in things that are absolutely just well crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so we, the, unfortunately, those people had some. Some still have virtually no way to if you don't know where this has been you can't really flavor where it is and where it's going that that's my point understand where it's been look for the signs and just realize you don't want to go there yeah. because sooner or later there will be a line and when it's crossed there's no way back ronald reagan yeah. said that I agree. I, I feel like we're wait, uh, We're all like waiting for this train to come. If that train comes, there's no getting off. And uh, and we really have to step by that. And a lot of people I've had on a couple people that uh, were from China, escaped communism. They always say, why don't the American people know we had America to go to, but they have nowhere to go. And and they have yeah, to one really of the final, stand. Go ahead. One of the final quotes that I use in my book, by the way, the, it ends up in an appendix where I have like nine pages of quotes from different people, Great. different times, different places. I love that. One of my favorite quotes, though, as far as where we are today in America, was by Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer from Germany. He was a, an anti-Hitlerite dissident who paid with his life. Right. But he said famously, if if you board the wrong train, it's no use trying to run uh, along the corridor in the opposite direction. Once right. that train leaves the station, that's it. Oh, yeah. I thank you for the opportunity. I hope no, people my will pleasure. You got to tell everyone where to find the book. And I also want to recommend to people out there because I get a lot of adult parents of adult children that have children under 30 that are really, really misled right now. I think the way that you broke down the first of all, you've been a teacher forever in, in foreign language. So you're good at breaking things down simply. And also, uh, this is a book that you should buy for your children, uh, high school, college, whatever, because they have to understand from somebody who knows the truth about how this works and where it ends up, at least uh, take a chance at, at dropping this book next to their bed or in their bag and, and let them read it. So please tell everyone where they can find it and buy it and uh, follow you. Okay, well, I I, uh, I published it on Amazon. Again, people kind of laugh at that, say, are oh, you like Bezos? Okay. No, but I do like the fact that Amazon, believe it or not, you can write what you want. They're not going to cancel you or 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 pull your book right. so you can just you can just google the title of the book under amazon book search it's available in uh, kindle and all ebook and also in paperback i priced it very reasonably because i'm not trying to make money out of this i'm just trying to warn people um so you can just under amazon under book search just google america in name only by charles cole the website if you want to go to that for a brief description of the book is the title of the book america in name only one word.com Oh, excellent. Okay. And we're going to put the link below. I suggest everyone buy that book. And he made it in bite-sized pieces. There are not enough people are doing that. You got to do that. That's you share the information. Knowledge is power. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, courage is contagious. And you are one of the courageous people out there trying to save this country. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mel. Appreciate it. Thank you. Everyone's been asking me what I've been doing because I am in better shape than I've been uh, probably maybe in my life and I am now thriving and I have so much energy. I'm going around, I'm doing all these tours and I'm doing the show and I'm showing up at small events and big events and I'll tell you the one thing that's definitely changed my life is superfoods. Mel Cake Superfoods. When I got involved with superfoods in the beginning, I was not eating right. I was not sleeping right. I was not, uh, it was mid-COVID so I wasn't really 
doing much and I was doing a lot of things wrong. And then I found superfoods and it has changed me from the inside out. Not only have I dropped weight, which wasn't even the goal. I really wanted to detox. I wanted to help my immune system. I wanted to make sure I didn't get sick while a lot of other people were and superfoods came into my life and changed everything. I now think about what I'm eating. I don't have cravings. I don't eat late night. There's a whole protocol. It's so easy. It's laid out for you. You take it out of the box. It's there. All your food's taken care of, all your nutrients, all your energy, all your protein. It is an amazing way to change your life from the inside out. Superfoods changes everything. It gives you a protocol. It gives you a schedule. You know what to do. You know what you're eating. You feel great. You look great. Your life's getting better. And the one thing I know is you can go to themelkshow.com, go down to Superfoods, and you can start your journey. Because today is the day. I will tell you, I waited and I waited. And then I started Superfoods. And within three months, my entire life changed uh, for the better, more than I could have imagined. MelKayShow.com, go to Partners page, down to Superfoods, and click on the link. And you will find a whole new world that will change your mind, change your body, change your life. So when you get superfoods, that helps me and helps this show keep going. I cannot tell you how much it's changed my life for the better, and it will yours too. And enjoy the rest of the show. Mel K Superfoods. Get over there now. There's no time like the present. The narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning, and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started.